Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, November 1st, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high quality content that hopes everyone had a very happy Halloween. It's November, yay! I know, I can't believe it's November already. I already bought a turkey too, by the way. I did. Wow, you're a planner. No, it's not that. There's like a turkey shortage. But anyhow. (laughs) Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Flyers. Keep up to date on all our episodes, Flyers news. And you can also email the show at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with Russ Cohen, who is also on Twitter. He's at Sportsology. On today's show, we are going to talk about Saturday night's game versus the Calgary Flames, then get into what we learned from that West Coast road trip, and finally wrap up with our nemesis of the week. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening right now. So subscribe and you'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Sports Network. All right, Russ. So I think, you know, if you just looked at the score for the game versus Calgary, four to nothing looks real bad. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it was actually that bad (laughs) overall. No. No, not for the entire game. I, you know, the first period was was obviously tight, and it was there was no score. The interesting thing was though, early on, you knew playing Calgary, they had more speed than the Flyers, and every time you got over the red line, it was like running into like a buzzsaw of active sticks. Like I don't know if I've heard a choppier game from the sound perspective than last night's game. With all the, and you know, and unfortunately it makes for boring hockey at times because everybody's just looking to to get the puck out of their zone, even if it's just flailing your stick at the puck. And that's hard. It's hard for a team to, to overcome that, even if, you know, you play that style to some degree and they just never got on track with that. You know, you look at the shot chart, everything else, they, you know, they were, they were kept out of the middle. They, they didn't have a lot of great high quality chances. Yeah, I talked about that on Friday that the teams have a similar not identical, but a similar style. And so when those two styles come up against each other, like you could end up with boring hockey, like you talked about, because everybody's trying to do the same thing. And the same thing doesn't lead to a lot of shots. And, and we saw that right with like no whistle and no shots for the first half of the first period. And like things didn't really get going, I think in the game until the second period. And I just Mm -hmm. think you really do have to give credit to the flames. I mean, they really played that strong defensive game and, you know, Jacob Markstrom is like, I hate to say this because it's, he's on the flames, but he's on fire right now. And you know, he has three shutouts in his last four games. And you sometimes you just run into that and you have to be at that extra level of creative in your play setups and your shot choices. And the Flyers just weren't able to take that extra step to do that, I thought. No, they really weren't. And and you're right, Markstrom was really good. And I think it was a situation where there were very few adjustments made in this game that I could tell, at least by the coaching staff. And maybe because 
what you said, it wasn't for nothing right away. So maybe there was this faint hope like, hey, we're going to get a break. But at some point, they weren't going to get a break. And it probably was at 2 nothing that you realized maybe things have to change in this game. We're going to have to change our philosophy a little bit. I think that that's where the dividing line was between, you're right, the Flyers have a chance in this game. They just need one break versus things are not going to turn around because the Flames are just going to shut things down at this point. And I think one of the big factors in the Flyers' lack of ability to get back into it was, again, something we've talked about consistently is their inability to stay out of the penalty box and not put themselves in a position to be successful. Yeah, like this game, Justin Braun had problems. He did. And I get it. It's three out of four. But this is the schedule. This is the way it was. And this is where you could see that skating against the fast team, him playing uh, up on a pairing, it was going to eventually hit the wall. Yeah, and I think that's what happened with the penalty kill, right? I mean, the penalty kill has been very successful this season so far and when you keep putting yourself in a position where you're on the PK many times per game I mean the Flames had five power plays this game and were able to break through on two of them because eventually teams are going to figure you out first off because they've had a lot of opportunities to watch what your system is at this point and then also you know you're just going to break down because you're on the penalty kill too much and you're tired. Yeah, when the team's on the PK too much, it definitely breaks them down. It definitely uh, takes away some of the extra energy you might have later in the game. Uh, It keeps certain players on the ice more than you want them because they can penalty kill and some of the others that maybe are better offensively can't. So it, it definitely adversely affects your team. But still, even past that, like you said, it wasn't for nothing forever, but... You never felt like there was a chance they were coming back in this game. Like, I just never did. No, and, you know, going back to what we talked about in terms of getting better creativity, they didn't do that on the power play either, which would have gotten them back in the game. You know, they only had one scoring chance all game on the power play in three opportunities, and that is not going to get you pucks in the net for sure. I thought they had... You know, a couple of good ideas, trying to replicate that feed from behind the net, but Mm -hmm. they weren't doing enough to either screen Markstrom or get the defenseman out of the way that was getting their stick in the way. And both teams were blocking shots pretty well. And the Flames were just able to, especially when they were on the penalty kill, just get those sticks in. So the puck just either didn't make it to the net or Markstrom had a clear view. Yeah, and I think, you know, Calgary had the right matchups at times and that definitely uh hurt the flyers more than in previous games maybe travis green didn't do it as often as as sutter was but he certainly saw what matchups he liked and and went with them uh just you know even i guess after the goudreau goal like it was already late at that point like you were but it just like felt like once that happened not only was it over But it was just like, all right, they're going to have to actually fix a few things. Even though they have a successful trip, uh, again, and you don't know how long Ryan Ellis is out for. So even in Ellis in or Ellis out, you're still going to have to adjust some stuff. 
Yeah, you know, that's definitely something we're going to have to talk about for the medium slash potential long term. We'll see what's going on there. You know, I, I just think that they didn't do a ton to try and turn things around. Like you said, I did like the early goalie poll. I thought, you know, nothing mm-hmm. else was working at that point. So you might as well give it a shot. And um, they did a decent job for a little bit defending on it. So I think it was the right move. Yeah, I, I had no problem with it. Well, I think that there's a lot we can take away from this game and the West Coast trip overall. But before we get to that, does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. I want to tell you about a much simpler way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live and TV on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, your movies, and your TV shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part is that there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Thanks once again for making Lockdown Flyers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, Russ. So now we are done this initial West Coast road trip with three games. Flyers were two and one, pretty successful on the back to back. Um, I think, you know, positive overall with some definite lessons learned. So I think for me, you know, what did we learn about the team overall on this trip? I think first off, they need to figure out how to play well in the second period of hockey games. Yeah, that's been like a a mishmash. And I guess it's, you know, they have been starting games out really good out of the gate. And they had been fortunate getting a lot of leads and I don't know, did that lead to second period complacency or does that lead to the other team uh, matching up better in the second period? I'm not quite sure yet. It's early in the season. I don't have a good handle on it. I think both are entirely possible. And again, it's a road trip. So you're right in terms of, you know, the home team getting a chance to put out those better matchups. And then the Flyers just not, especially on the long change, right? I think the Flyers just need to work on making those adjustments in the second period to carry momentum. I think the other thing, too, is in the game against the Flames, they got kind of barraged with shots at the end of the first period. Mm -hmm. And that momentum probably carried a little bit over into the second period. I think they really need to work on like the last minute of each period, not having momentum changes unless it's in their favor. No, I think that's fair. Um, something else that Calgary did, um, they were playing a lot of their bigger players, like Mangiapane, who's you know been red hot, has about seven goals, uh, only played, I think, nine minutes if I read the sheet right. So they definitely saw that there was an advantage to uh, having their faster players out there at times, but then putting their bigger players out there. And that was probably to you know protect the lead. And so that's something where... Anytime a team is successful against another team that, you know, your next opponent's going to pull that video and look at it. 
So I think that is something where uh, AV has to sort of look at things and say, all right, do I have all the right guys in there? Like, honestly, I saw Patrick Brown twice. I, that's all I noticed him. Did you notice him at all? No. And, you know, that's something I want to talk about as well is like, what is our ideal lineup at this point? And what are we doing with this fourth line? Well, they don't know. And that's the that's probably the worrisome point here is they don't have their ideal lineup yet. They just don't. One of the things leading to not having the ideal lineup out there yet is I think we learned that the Flyers can be successful without Ryan Ellis, but they are much better off with him. And we need him back, I think, to have the optimal defensive structure. Yeah, no question. I mean, and again, he's also on the penalty kill. He also adds a little bit of a physical nature. He's a way better skater than than people probably want to realize. And then also he's a guy that fires off a fair amount of shots. I mean, you know, that's all those things help a lot. Like he, it's not his fault, but he's probably the most important player on this team because of their other frailties or their other shortcomings. Like I, you know, everybody will say, yeah, Sean Couturier is the best player on the team, but Sean Couturier is probably not even as important as Ryan Ellis at this point. I think you're right there in that for the veteran defensemen like Braun, like Keith Yandel, I think they all have really good moments, but sustained five to six game streaks of high level performance. You're not going to get that from those guys. Whereas a guy like Ellis, you would expect that from him. Yeah, that's that's fair. Uh, there were times in that game where I felt like Yandel was just a second waiting for just a second away from a turnover. And I don't know if it was like fatigue, it was just the, the way he was sort of just handling the puck was a little bit more casual. I'm not quite sure, but I don't know if you had that feeling or not, but I did. Yeah, I can absolutely see that. I think, you know, that was part of the problem with the game against the Flames, but was also successful, I think, in the game versus the Canucks on that road trip is that they were a step ahead, right? So I think that looking at the road trip overall, you can see that that's exactly what they have to do to be successful. And when they don't, they get burned. So another question would be, what's the point of having Zach McEwen in? I think we're seeing the downside of Zach McEwen. I think there's better players than Zach McEwen around the Flyers that could be used. What's your thoughts on Zach McEwen? Yeah, I'm not impressed. I think he's, you know, for what he's supposed to be doing, it's okay if he takes a penalty, but it has to be a good one for a good reason. And and he has Mm -hmm. not done that thus far. I think, you know, the fight he got into was a bad fight in the was that the Edmonton game and no maybe it was Vancouver because it was against his old teammate but the the upshot is that he's only noticeable when he's doing something bad at this point I just don't <laughs> it's true I, I just don't think that that line in whatever they're trying to mix and match with those guys is working and this is going to shock me saying this but Nate Thompson has been the most reliable and most consistent of any of those guys yeah he actually and, he did have a good game yeah there's no yeah. There's no question about that. And the other thing is, I think we're also seeing that playing Nick Sealer 15 minutes, it's too much. That's too much Nick Sealer. Yeah, he's like an eight, nine minute guy, I think. Yeah, yeah. 
But again, it's three out of four on a trip, and they, they're trying to, you know, ease up on the minutes a little bit. But, you know, he didn't have a good game. No, I'll be very curious to see what they do on that fourth line in in terms of, you know, who they put out against the Yotes and, you know, the other games later this week to try and find a combination that works or if they call somebody up. Right. I, I would hope they call somebody up. But again, as we'll detail, there are some players playing OK for the Phantoms, but they're not getting results either. No, uh, we'll talk about that on tomorrow's show. <laughs> So I think one other aspect of the Flyers, you know, from this road trip that I think I feel pretty good about is goaltending. Yeah. I I think I was really nervous going into this road trip overall because, again, with the back-to-backs, seeing Martin Jones and then just kind of worrying a little bit about Carter Hart's consistency. Honestly, like, I thought both of them played pretty well. The numbers may not reflect it because of what was going on in front of them to some degree. But I think, you know, the only goal in the Flames game that I think Carter Hart would want back is the Goudreau one. Mm -hmm. So the other two were power play and the fourth goal was empty net. Martin Jones had a spectacular game. And then Carter Hart played very, very well against, you know, an amazing Edmonton team. So I got to come out of this trip feeling good about the goaltending. Yeah, I can't say anything negative about the goaltending. I, does that mean I 100% trust Martin Jones? No, because he still up the, gave up the goal on the first shot, which is still like a carryover thing. But everything else in that game was great. So right now it's all working. So I think from the goaltending standpoint, yeah, they are in good shape. So I think, you know, the things that they need to work on moving into the next set of games, uh, we've talked about staying out of the penalty box a lot, so I don't want to belabor that but they have to be smarter about what penalties they're actually going to take but I think that you know again they just have to get a little bit more creative in their adjustments when they're not getting through the neutral zone when they're not getting the shots off yeah I think getting more creative will help I think another another key thing is against some of these really good teams you know like Florida and like Calgary now the puck possession wasn't great and I feel like they they have to do better in puck possession against the better teams. They they did do well against it in, with some teams, but when they have to ratchet it up, I, they haven't been able to do that yet. And really, you know, even if you don't want to cycle it, just, you know, have it more. And they just weren't doing that. Yeah, so I think that, you know, we have a good game plan here going into our next set of games this week, which we will be talking about a little bit. That's a little preview of our Nemesis of the Week next segment. Built Bars are a soft protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and somehow they got even tastier. They have 18 amazing flavors, something for everyone. Chocolate, chocolate and nuts, even nut-free flavors. Some of my favorites are raspberry, coconut, strawberry, cherry barcia, salted caramel, mint brownie, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. If you can't decide, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each. And the best part is that it's healthy. Built Bar is great if you're looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat, 17 to 18 grams of protein, and only 130 to 180 calories. Low sugar, low carb, great for keto diet. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Okay, it's Monday, so I am so ready to be cranky because I get a case of the Mondays <laughs> on a very regular basis. And 
you know, that's what Nemesis of the Week is for. And if you're not familiar with this segment, you know, on Mondays, when we can, we look at the week ahead and say, what is going to be the thing that bugs us the most about this upcoming week for the Flyers or in hockey? And last week when we talked about this, it was the West Coast start times. And let me tell you that Nemesis absolutely delivered. I was cranky. I was tired. I was annoyed with the late nights, but we got through it and the Flyers got through it overall pretty successfully, like we just talked about in the last Mm -hmm. segment. So we did it. Pat yourselves on the back, Flyers fans. I'll tell you what's going to annoy me. It's going to be the the Penguins game because... Their mascot always plays the air air horn at home, and that oh. thing runs through my body. Uh, I forget what is their mascot's name again. Do you remember? God, it'll I probably never come remember. to me. That's fine. Does it have to do with the igloo, maybe. No, um, it's close to that. But at any rate, we were in the um, for the Stanley Cup. He was in our section a couple of years ago. Last time they were in the Stanley Cup for the entire game, for one entire game. And I can't tell you how annoying it was to hear that air horn, like, I don't know, once every couple of minutes. It just, uh, I'll get cranky about that. That is an absolute perfect nemesis for this week, because uh, I think it's Iceberg is his name. Yes, Iceberg. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not looking I, forward to I don't like to Iceberg. I, don't like <laughs> it, I think that's a good mascot to hate. Yeah, for me, it's along those lines. It's not about the air horn, but it's just that, you know, we're finally actually going to get to see some division rivals this week in the pens and the caps uh, next weekend. And it's been interesting in the division so far because everybody, for the most part, has been playing out of division matchups, whether it's against the West Coast teams or Atlantic division teams so far. There haven't been a ton of direct games between Metro division teams. And so teams have been able to rack up points and have similar records in the standing so far because we haven't played each other. So I think this is going to be a big test for the Flyers to see how they match up against these teams that are supposedly playoff contenders yeah, in the Pens and the Caps, right? Yeah, I mean, and let's face it, Alex Ovechkin likes to play in Philadelphia. He does. When he was a really young player, there was a game where he was getting booed mercilessly. And this is probably the first week or two weeks of his career. Just getting booed like crazy. After the game, he gave that kid a stick. I just happened to ask him, hey, I saw this kid was booing you. You had, you know, you played, you know, your first game in Philly. You know, tell me about it. And what he said was, he goes, you know, I saw that that kid was booing me, but I gave him a stick. And after that, he became an Alex Ovechkin fan. And he smiled. So he even got that, even back then, that that kid was booing him because he was so good. So he turned him over. You know, he's like... The kid's probably still a Flyers fan, but he's certainly never going to boo Ovechkin again. So he wins on that one, and he always plays well, and he's scoring like crazy now, and that has to worry them a little bit. You have to have a game plan for that. You absolutely do. And, of course, you know Sidney Crosby is back in the lineup for the Pens, so you yeah. know, there's going to be that narrative going on in that game, especially because, like you said, the game is in Pittsburgh. And the Ron Hextall narrative will continue. They'll show him a few times, too. Right. So, yeah, I think, you know, Metro Division matchups for me is the nemesis of the week with the 
side note from you that being at Pittsburgh makes it worse because of the air horn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You just it's intolerable. Sorry. Just the way it is. It's a beautiful place, too. I love the rink. If they didn't have an air horn, I would never say anything bad. It is. Okay, wrapping up with our Flyers fun thing. I was looking around at some of the Halloween costumes for hockey players and hockey associated people out there. And I'm so sorry, but I'm going to have to go to a cute dog again because I love Drake. Uh, Ivan Provorov's dog we all know this by now and one of the costumes that Drake put on was a Superman costume and I love Superman one of my favorite superheroes Um, I know some people think Superman's lame but I love Superman so how could uh, nobody could think Superman's lame because you know in the end Superman can literally beat any of the other superheroes if he really wants to and he proved it in the Batman versus Superman because Batman had to literally come up with like Every doomsday kind of device to beat Superman. Like he really did. There was no other way. Yeah, I know. My unpopular opinion is that I really I do not like Batman and I'm not looking forward to more Batman content in this world. He's but, he's know. not a favorite of mine and actually um Pattison looks like he might be okay, but he's like the cheapest of all the Batman. I don't know if you know this, but he's like way underpaid compared to like, you know, guys you know, Batman scale for like Christian Bale and and everybody else. They've all gotten big money. He is not getting it. Maybe he's getting it on the back end. But as far as Batman, he's more of a gadget guy. I'm sorry. Yeah, there's better superheroes. I'm with you on that. That is good to hear. Solidarity for those of us who think Batman isn't the greatest. Anyway, (laughs) thanks for listening to today's show. We will be back again tomorrow with a preview of the Flyers versus Arizona Coyotes game, little Shane Gostisbehere homecoming. And then we will talk about the Phantoms who are kind of in trouble and we want to figure out why. So we'll talk about that. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send us in your questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers, or you can email the show at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ, and I'm at sports on Twitter at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Scott Cullen leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms.